Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome everyone to episode 44 of True Blue Crime. My name's Sean and with me as always is my co-host Chloe. How are you? Hello, good. I feel like I've sunk to the depths of working from home rule breaking tonight. <laughs> I've rocked up in a in a pajamas and a big fluffy robe to record, <laughs> which has never happened before. Yeah, I know. Well, I was going to say because last week I rolled in in a Hugh Hefner styles uh, dressing gown ensemble and uh, you pointed it out, but uh, yeah, you've come and done the same thing. So I think <laughs> we're obviously very getting very comfortable with this from home business. <laughs> I did get dressed today, just to be fair. I just had a, you know, didn't want to stay in clothes for the rest of the night. <laughs> yes, yeah, understandable after a, a, a tough week, a tough week at home. So uh, <laughs> we got some more Patreon shout outs this week, Chloe. We do. Thank you so much and welcome to Catherine, Kate Simpson. Chris Burley, Julie Dangley, Elise Cuppet, Kristen Goodwin, Tina Russell, Brooke Browning-Lima and Jessie Blay. Oh, and last week I forgot to do a shout-out request for Sam Tin Man Gardener that was requested and I forgot. So sorry about that, Tin Man. Tin Man. That makes you, uh, Dorothy and me, Scarecrow, Chloe, <laughs> I think, for this Which- week's episode. So. <laughs> No, thank you, everyone. We really appreciate the support. That's uh, that's awesome. And a quick content warning for this episode today: there is some distressing real-world audio of someone's death. So, a bit of a heads up on that front. Uh, we encourage all of our listeners to exercise self-care. And the case we're talking about today, Chloe, begins on Tinder, the geo-social networking and dating app commonly associated with the swipe right to like or left-to-pass method. And if the user gets a like in return, they can then, uh, you know, chat with the other user and, and eventually meet. It's a dating app, but it's probably better described as a hookup service, with many users in it for the fun times following the dating formalities. In 2014, when this tale takes place, Tinder users were swiping over 1 billion times per day, with around 12 million matches coming from that, an average user spending around about an hour and a half on the app each day. That's grown significantly since then, but as we can see, it was an extremely popular and easy-to-use app back in 2014. 
The app itself has had dramas surrounding catfishing, which we've spoken about before on Patreon, Chloe, and incidents arising from dates planned through the app. Tinder has gone to lengths in recent times to refine safety protocols around this, uh, recently introducing anti-catfishing measures, panic buttons for mid-date conundrums, and prerequisite selfies to ensure the profile pictures are really the person showing up. But one incident that arose from a planned Tinder date on the Gold Coast in 2014 stands out. On the 7th of August, 26-year-old Warina Wright met the Burley Surfers Paradise local 28-year-old Gable Tosti at the Cavill Mall around 8.45pm. What would start out like any other Tinder date would ultimately end in tragedy. We're going to start this tale with a phone call. Hello, Dad. Um, I might have a bit of a situation. See, um, I met up with a girl <clears throat> for a date tonight. And um, she started getting really aggressive. Like, it was all right at first. And, like, <clears throat> we, you know, had sex in bed. And then after that, like, she kept drinking. And we were both drinking. And she, like, I, I think she thought it was, like, a joke or something. But she kept, like, beating me up and whatever. Yeah, and um, it was because she was really drunk. And, um, like, I, I forced her out on the balcony. And I, I think she might have jumped off. Like, I've been walking around and there are like a million cops around my building. I'm fucked. I don't know what to do. Warina Wright was born in the Philippines to her father Warren and her mother Merzabeth Tagpuno. She had a sister named Maretza and the family were Seventh-day Adventists. When Warina was three, the family moved to New Zealand, settling in in a town near Lower Hutt. The girls went to a Seventh-day Adventist primary school before attending secondary school. In 2014, Warina was working in a Kiwi Bank call centre in Wellington. She loved Dragon Ball Z and had a row of plastic figurines from the show lined up along her desk. At the end of each working day, she'd return to Lower Hutt, where she was living at this time with her sister. Warina was described as hard, with strong opinions and never backing down in an argument, but it was commented that she had quite a soft side, a motherly, nurturing aspect to her personality. Alongside her Dragon Ball Z passion, she also enjoyed Hello Kitty, bargain hunting on eBay, spur-of-the-moment road trips and conspiracy theories. Lorena was a beautiful young woman with brown eyes, high cheekbones and long black hair. Despite this, Warina, like many people, battled with insecurity. After breaking up with a long-term boyfriend who was a personal trainer, Warina turned to Tinder on the rebound, starting a short-term relationship with a man she met through the app. But the pair had a quarrel and ended things, around the time Warina was due to fly to Australia to attend a friend's wedding. So again, Warina turned to Tinder when she hit the Gold Coast on the 29th of July 2014. She began messaging with a guy named Gable. Gable, on the front foot more than Matthew Hayden, said, You look delicious. I want to do dirty things to you. 
Well, Rena was instantly attracted to the Sam Winchester lookalike in Gable Tosti. For those who don't know Sam Winchester, he's a character from the TV series Supernatural. I personally thought he looked more like a poor man's Taylor Lautner, predominantly known for his role as the werewolf Jacob in the Twilight series of movies. Yes, that's right, Chloe. I have watched the Twilight saga. More than once. (laughs) He looked like Lautner after he'd finished filming, gone home and smashed a bag of dim sims. The pair planned to meet up in Cavill Mall in the heart of Surface Paradise around quarter to nine in the evening on Thursday the 7th of August 2014. In 2014, Gable Tosti was known to be a bit of a playboy, but it wasn't always this way. He was once just a boy. Gable was born and raised on the Gold Coast, Australia's largest non-capital city, famous for its beaches, theme parks and overall party-like atmosphere. It's a very popular tourist destination for both Australians and international visitors. Gable and his brother Tennyson were sons to parents Grey and Helene. And despite the family's names sounding like they should be riding into Dodge City alongside Wyatt Earp, Grey was a carpet salesman and Helene a substitute teacher. Gable would attend private school where he was said to be quite gifted, so gifted in fact that in 2003, upon completion of his studies, Quick Draw Gable alongside two of his mates, who we'll call Doc and Wild Bill, hustled $30,000 by creating fake IDs for underage schoolies who'd been banned from local nightclubs. The police bust and subsequent court proceedings would send Gable Tosti into a spiralling withdrawal from all things social. No conviction would result from this fraudulent business venture, but evidence given by psychiatrist Ian Curtis would categorise Gable as being on the autistic spectrum Asperger's was the anachronistic term used at the time. The doctor said that Gable was hugely disadvantaged in the normal social world, a socially distant, emotionally estranged person with whom it was impossible to establish a clear-cut rapport. And this diagnosis is important to remember as the tale progresses. Gable subsequently ended up seeing a psychiatrist for social anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder and depression. Following on from this ordeal, Gable would work alongside older colleagues he couldn't relate to at his father's carpet business, out of sight, out of mind for the large part. Outside of work hours, he began bulking, protein-centric meals and cycling carbs, pumping iron and, most importantly, frequenting the miscellaneous forums on bodybuilding.com. Gable spent some time on this forum over the years, seeking advice on fat-burning supplements non-dairy diets and weightlifting. After the best part of five years in effective self-isolation, Gable decided it was time to begin socialising again, getting out and meeting people. 23 by this point, Gable had lost his virginity at 17 and not had a sexual encounter again since. He began opening up on the forum, asking fellow miskers for advice on making friends and deeper ponderings of a philosophical nature. Gable began to document his exploits on the forum, posting regular updates of his attempts to make friends, pick up women. The post peppered with responses from miskers with similar profile pics to Gable's, the trademark bodybuilding.com shot of one's chiselled midsection. After a few failed attempts to pick up, Gable finally succeeded after a number of years on the sidelines and had sex with a blonde woman in his car. This seems to have inspired something within Gable, as the self-described loner soon became a Gold Coast party boy, 
transforming himself from the desk-hunched Miska to a tanned, hunky Kavalav regular, moving into the nearby Avalon apartment complex. Gable maintained his presence on the forum, though, and by 2012, so a couple of years on, boasted of sleeping with over 100 women. He maintains the reason for it was to boost his confidence that he felt amazing afterwards. It's in 2012 that Gable also begins to document his sexual conquests. He begins to keep a written log with dates and names, call recordings on his phone, and even leaving his phone on record while out and about in case he forgets what happens the following day. He even installs motion-detecting cameras in his apartment, which he later uninstalls, I gathered, or they might have been at his property before the apartment at Avalon. Again, Gable posts many updates on the forum, proclaiming to still be depressed, but that the chase and accomplishment of sleeping with women made him feel better, more confident. Some posters were pretty sceptical, noting potential narcissism in Gable's personality, while others simply asked for tips. 2013 was a big year for Gable Tosti with some major developments. Over 250 interactions with women would be later discovered on his Tinder dating app, rising in popularity this time, as we said in the introduction, and Gable turned his attention to Tinder and the women he could meet through the app as local Gold Coast clubs began banning him because he had this sort of creepiness and persistence in continuously trying to pick up women. He also began running into trouble with the law again around this time. There was an alleged groping incident, a stoush with a tuk-tuk driver over an unpaid fare, and a high-speed chase across the Queensland-New South Wales border, where police eventually stopped Gable with road spikes as he tore away from the Splendour in the Grass festival, blowing four times over the legal limit. None of this seems to slow Gable down, however. Despite a brief jail stint and declaration that the latest incident was the wake-up call he needed, he continues binge drinking, sometimes downing a bottle of his homemade cat's piss moonshine and taking 500 milligrams of caffeine in a night. And it wouldn't be long after this border-hopping high-speed chase with police that Gable would be back on Tinder looking for a date. As fate would have it, the timing was perfect as he matched with a young, dark-haired, brown-eyed beauty from New Zealand who was in Australia for a friend's wedding. She went under the pseudonym Cletus, uh, but we know this to be Warina Wright. And it'd be on the 7th of August 2014 that these two people would meet at the Cavill Mall in the heart of Surfer's Paradise around quarter to nine in the evening. A hulking 188-centimetre, 90-kilogram Gable Tosti, 6 foot 3, 200 pounds imperial, and petite, 162-centimetre, 57-kilogram Rowena Wright, 5 foot 3 and 125 pounds, are captured on CCTV, embracing awkwardly, then heading to BWS Liquor Store to buy a six-pack of Tui's Extra Dry. By 9pm, the pair are back at Gable's apartment at Avalon, drinking and partying and enjoying his impressive 14th floor balcony view. During the next four hours, the pair have sex, snap a bunch of selfies, some of which Warina posts to her Facebook page, noting that she was drinking with Australia's Sam Winchester. At 12.56am, Gable decides it's time to begin recording this evening, and he hits the little red button on his Sony Xperia mobile phone. This recording would go for three hours and 19 minutes, and yes, 
I've listened to all of it twice in parts, just so all of you listeners don't have to. And it's through this audio we'll hear firsthand how this tale played out and the events that ultimately led to Warina Wright's untimely death. And the lingering question would be, was this a tragic accident or murder? My name is Michael Whelan, and I am the host of a podcast called Unresolved. In 2015, before the true crime podcasting wave really kicked off, I wanted to start a show that focused on not only the gory details, but the human stories at the center of every mystery. Because for every unsolved murder or baffling experience, there are multiple lives left without an answer. Since I started the podcast, I have tried to focus on unfinished stories both big and small, to try and figure out why and how some of us are left without any resolution. I'm interested in learning about these unknown aspects of life, and I hope that you are too. Check out my podcast, Unresolved, on your podcast app of choice, or just stop by the show's website, unresolved.me, to learn more. So we're just prior to 1am on August the 8th, 2014, it'd be now, having rolled over into the next day. Gable and Warina have had relations, all seemingly going well, and are drinking some of his nasty Dukes of Hazard style moonshine made in his homemade still in the kitchen. And this is around when Gable hits record on his mobile phone. So we're going to hear a number of clips now as the episode goes on, with some context from us in between. To begin with, Things are fairly innocuous. Regular conversation about favourite foods, architecture, Gable's IQ of 150 that he doesn't use, according to him. Warina at this stage seems noticeably more intoxicated than Gable, and she even seems annoyed at Gable at times and somewhat combative during conversation. At about five minutes into the recording, Warina says that she's psycho drunk and Gable offers to pour her more drinks. No, architecture. Let me show you something. Yeah, show me something. I'll show you the top of the houses I've designed. Have a chill, have a drink. I'll pour that for you. I'll show you. You'll be impressed. That's cannibalism. I got better food than your foot. My foot's yummy. Chill chill and have a drink. Or just hold it. Your foot's pretty good looking. I know. Everything is good looking on me. Oh! Don't taste you. Test. Test. T E S T. Sorry. Test. Test. Ah, oh, this is really moist. You're really moist. <laughs> yeah, because you're a poor mate. Wow. Oh, no, um, that was 
That was the cops. You know how I said I, I got fucked up by New South Wales? No, don't touch that ceiling. It did. Well, not at the time. No. I'll show you my favourite house that I built. You'd like it. It's a gay song, eh? Shut up or I'm gonna make you come again. Shut up or I'm gonna fucking beat you up like a jet. You love beating me up like a kiwi. I beat people up all the time. You only beat up the tender man. Marry that girl. Fuck marry one chick. Fucking. Have a look at this. See? You do look like Sam. I won't look like him if you keep beating me up. I'll look like you a. You're like Sam. It's so hot. Look like a piece of tenderized meat. See Sam's that? Sam's a part of tenderized meat. Would you like to um? Ah. Jump in that. You know what happens to Sam? No. He's like beaten up by demons and shit. Oh, I so fairly typical conversation at this stage, nothing alarming. Their chit chat soon becomes more eccentric and the drinks keep going down the hatch. They begin talking about space, galaxies, life and death. And amongst all of the demons, heaven, hell and the afterlife talk, Gable says the following, a line which would come under much scrutiny later on. So he says something along the lines of being thrown off the balcony, followed by being shot in the head. Seemingly, throwaway lines amidst drunk conversation and not sounding threatening or directed towards Rowena. Some other notable things beside from Gable's proclamation that food, sleep and sex are the three best things in life, there's a few loud noises, some dropping on a glass table, and it's suggested by Gable that Rowena has picked up some decorative rocks that he purchased from a pottery store, and he asks her not to touch them. Rowena has mentioned her intention of leaving pretty early in this recording, She also mentioned her deceased dog a number of times, seemingly annoyed that Gable doesn't remember her telling him about it throughout the evening. She also play fights with Gable, a bit of Muay Thai, a martial art she once learned, and Gable comments that with this play fighting, she's a bit violent. No, Puppy was to be a dick to me. He knows he's a dick. If you want to make me shit my pants, it's all good. I will shit my pants for you. I love him that much, so I'll shit my pants. Oh. He's all good. If I 
don't believe in this stuff, like, I'll believe in the if I'm gonna be a dick and believe in like bullshit, I'll, I will believe in puppy. My dead dog! Oh, seriously! Did you ever take my time or what? No, I didn't, I told you. Why? That's a sex Harmless stuff at this point, drunken play fighting, random discussion. She calls Gable Taylor Lautner, uh, who I thought he looked a lot like before hearing that recording, so clearly I was on the money there. One thing we hear is that as the recording goes on, Warina seemingly becomes more and more drunk, unpredictable and aggressive. At least that's what we're hearing. Now, I think now is a good time to point out what I think is a really important factor here. Gable knows the recording is rolling. But Warina doesn't. So you know yourself, Chloe, just the knowledge of that can make one person alter their behaviour, at least one aspect of it, while the other continues to come across very raw and unfiltered. So that's important to remember as we go along, I think. She knows nothing. He knows it's being captured on audio only, not visually. Warina begins to demand things from Gable, again, minor unimportant things. And if Gable's reactions are to be believed, She's increasing in physicality with him during this time. There is drunken conversation during this time where the pair both flip back and forth between wanting to drink more and wanting to conclude the evening. In fairness, Gable does tell Warina that he thinks she's had too much and suggests she goes for a walk. It appears that Warina doesn't want to leave. However, despite saying she did earlier, Gable repeatedly tells Warina to chill and calm down. She doesn't think she's had too much to drink, and perhaps because of this, only minutes later, Gable pours her another. There are moments of quiet where you can't hear what they're saying over the music, but then suddenly the music gets cut off, and Gable says something to Warina about taking some plastic bags with her when she goes. Things turn a little strange and heated at this point, when Warina accuses Gable of stealing her phone and money. That's your bag there, isn't it? Yeah, but where's all her shit? Where's my fucking shit? Like what? All my fucking data. Where's all my fucking data? What does it look like? Is it in there? It looks like a fucking iPhone. Shit. Do you want me to ring it? Yeah, I'd love you 
your fucking ring. What's the number? I'll find it. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> There's ton of your stuff right here. Hey, look, I didn't say you have to leave. I just said stop beating me up. Let's go. This is serious. No, it's in, it's there next to the bed. Where? Where? There. Where? Are you going to fucking right untie me? Look. Because I will no, fucking, I will fucking destroy your jaw. It's not fucking funny. Look yeah, there. Yeah, whatever. Look, look, you may have fucking... That's, that's yeah, sure, whatever. That's your stuff right there. Are you gonna... Get it for me. Get it. Get it for me. I don't know what to look at. That's your get stuff. Get it for me. You get it. It's right there. Get it. Get it for me. Get it for me. Get it for me. I should never have given you the police. Okay, do it. I'm gonna fucking call the police. It's right there. No, I'm gonna call the police. Get it for me. You do that. Get it for me. It's right there. No, get it for me. Please. Good. Fucking asleep. Give me now. Come on, Cletus. Cletus, what the fuck? Give me now. Right there. Doesn't fucking make a lick of sense. Get it. Good. That's it. Trust me. Okay, I'm gonna call the police and they're gonna come here. Mm -hmm. Yeah? You wanna be alright with the police coming here? Yeah, because. Yeah, um, I'm gonna call the police. What are you looking for? Good, I'm gonna call the police. Like, where's my fucking money? You guys don't have shit. Call them with what? I thought you lost your phone. Exactly. So, how are you going to call anyone without your phone? You stole my fucking phone! I didn't touch your goddamn phone. You guys fucking stole my shit! Shit, I should so never... So that's why I'm fucking calling them. I should have never given you so much to drink. I thought we were going to have fun. Well, where's my shit? Where's your Where phone? Where's my shit? What's your phone number? I'll... Go I'll have a hundred fucking psycho bitch! I don't deserve this shit, alright? I'm a nice fucking guy. Uh, yeah. Nice fucking guy with all the money. Well, why didn't you have fucking so much? Your phone must be out of battery. What's no. this? <laughs> oh, that's mine. No, 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 no. Must be on the balcony. Well, I have shitloads of money, guys. My fucking money. Stop. Just calm down, please. You're, I'm not coming down. You've had too much to drink, all right? I'm Just... not coming down because I've had so much to drink and I have shitloads of money in New Zealand. It's not funny. Because I'm a fucking rich in New Zealand. It's not fucking funny. And it's shitty because I fucking rule in New Zealand. And it fucking sucks because people... Fucking take advantage of me in New Zealand and it's shit! Because I have fucking money! It's not fucking funny! Shit! Just 
down, please. Do you know how I yeah, because no one else has money. Do you even remember what you I were doing to me like half an hour ago? That was freaking yeah. out. You're beating me up for no reason. Exactly. Why? Because you said you freak. You thought it was funny or something. It's not. No, I told you. Like you're kind of strong for your I'm size. Pretty strong. That's why I said. So why why are you beating me up? Like, I'll be I'll be gone. I'll be gone. I'll be here. See you later. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're going. Here's your phone. See you later. So as we said, things get pretty heated there. Warina is clearly agitated, inebriated and difficult to understand, but again, she's unaware she's being recorded while Gable is completely aware. But then he seems to magically find her phone right as she's decided to leave. Warina sounds like she's had enough and threatens to call the police. But after getting her phone back, things seem to settle somewhat and Gable tries to convince Warina to stay and she can leave in the morning, toting himself as the world's most tolerant guy. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Gable then offers to cook some food for them both, as Warina continues with drunken ramblings, Referring to herself as a dick a number of times, she mentions Majin Buu, a character from Dragon Ball Z, and Persephone, the Greek goddess of vegetation. Lorena sounds very confused, upset, emotional and sad. Gable, on the other hand, he sounds straight as a die, like he's hardly had a drink. I suppose he's also quite seasoned at this time, and it's his own nasty shit they're consuming, combined with their massive size difference. Gable says he needs to drink more to catch up, and he asked Warina if she got some of the photos he sent her earlier, so I took that to mean that he had her phone number, despite asking her for it earlier when her phone was lost. They have another couple of drinks, speaking essentially drivel with emotive undertones. They liven up again and begin talking about dicks, 
before Gable decides he wants to cook some dim sims. And this is where the dim sims come in, Chloe. He's clearly very hungry at this point, Gable. He's mentioned food quite often. But then things get very serious. At 10 past two, a struggle begins and Warina is heard saying, that really hurt my vagina. Gable laughs and Warina apparently begins throwing some of the earlier mentioned ornamental stones at Gable and it escalates even further from there. Hey. Hmm. Kiwi. Fruit. Sorry, what am I going to do with fruit? Fruit is really good. What am I going to do with you? I don't have a kiwi fruit. Hey. What am I going to do with you? Cut. Do what you want. Sexually, I'll be your slave. Manchester! Uh, who? I'm fucking kissy, you fucking. Who's Manchester fucking. Digger! Alright, 
No, seriously, I need a fucking shit. I care, that's enough. No! It's, it's fucking... No, that's enough. No. That is more than enough. No! Seriously. You've seriously. won it, you're welcome. Get out my car, girl. No. That's enough. It's all good. He knows. He's just all good. Let's go. He's just all good. It's not about how you need. It's not about her. Yeah, it is. You're fucking insane. It's not about how you need. It's about how you do this shit now. Baby. Poo. I thought you were only kidding, but you're not. You're a poo. You poo. Go on. Right now. I do need a sample of DNA. See, so I thought you were kidding. And I've taken enough. This is fucking bullshit. You're lucky I haven't chucked you off my fucking balcony, you goddamn psycho little bitch. Who the fuck do you think you am? Yeah, do you Muay Thai now? What? What? Got something to say? Say it. Yeah. Say it. Mm. What? sexist. Yeah, right. Mm. I'm the one who's injured. You don't have a goddamn scratch on you, Seriously. I do. Seriously, what? Seriously, what? Seriously, what? I thought you were just playing around. I'm fucking sick of this shit. you go. I'm gonna walk you out of this apartment. Just the way you are. You're not gonna collect any belongings or anything, you're just gonna walk out. And I'm gonna slam the door on you. You understand? If you try to pull anything, I'll knock you out. I'll knock you the fuck out. Do you understand? Do you understand? Do you understand?
Come on. Get up. Get up. Fuck up. Get up. Okay. Get up. You don't understand, do you? You don't understand anything at all, do you? You don't understand. You don't understand, do you? You just don't understand. Let go. You think you can hit me? And I'll just like fall down, like in the movies? Huh? You don't understand thing, do you? Let go of it. Let go. Let go. Let go. Who the fuck do you think you are? No! Hmm? No! 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 You're trying to kill me, huh? No! Why did no! you try to hit me with that? No! Huh? No!
call is not available. Please leave a short 10-second message after the tone and we'll send the message as a text. So we've got a whole lot to unpack there, Chloe. A hell of a lot has gone on and gone terribly wrong in that clip. 25 seconds after closing his balcony door, Gable's phone picks up a faint scream as Warina Wright plummets to her death from the 14th story of his apartment balcony. Gable, breathing heavily, doesn't go out to check on Warina's fate. He apparently doesn't even hear her scream, nor does he call triple zero. Instead, he calls his lawyer, who he doesn't get a hold of at this stage, before slipping out the fire escape of the Avalon apartments, effectively evading police, before walking around surface for a further 45 minutes. So his actions afterwards certainly don't come across as good. They don't display any compassion or concern for Warina's welfare. The question is, was this an accident or was it murder? We'll analyse that and more in part two of this episode, but what are your thoughts so far, Chloe? Yeah, so, so far I'm pretty creeped out. The recordings are pretty hard to listen to. When I hear them talking to each other, to me it feels like two separate conversations, two people with two different motives or perhaps one with an intention and one oblivious. I think you touched on that before, Sean, when you said that when someone is being recorded they act differently or say different things. It's unsettling to hear Gable go on about her being insane when, to me, she sounds really drunk, but not much more than that. It felt like at points he was building her up to gaslight her when she was talking, trying to bait her and then prove that she was out of control or crazy, maybe to explain away what he was planning to do. And then when things get physical, that is beyond disturbing. I think you hear a difference in Gable then too. The tone of his voice definitely changes and the things he's saying to her get much darker. What follows is obviously horrible and something about what Gable says just doesn't really match up to what we were hearing in the audio, but I think we'll cover more of that at the end of part two. Anyway, that's my thoughts so far. What about you? Yeah, similar to you, Chloe. I um, will probably hold off because I've got quite a lot of thoughts at the end of, of part two, but um, the main things I took away you know, from what we've heard to this point is that um, you know, there is one person there who knows it's being recorded and there's another who who doesn't. And I think that's, we'll talk more about this at the end of part two, but I think that's going to, in, in our opinion anyway, is is really an important factor. Um, it's it's going to be very interesting here how this all plays out because our final thoughts, uh, I think, have kind of been very much influenced by, you know, our discussion about this before we recorded where we... Um, both kind of thought separate things and 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 ended up kind of almost amalgamating those thoughts to something I, I think sounds pretty solid. So, yeah. um, I, I, I what I'm what I'm taking from that is, you know, you got one person who knows what it's being recorded, one who doesn't. Um, it's very disturbing, obviously, to, to hear real world audio of someone uh, falling to their to their death like that is is deeply disturbing. So it's um. Very sad, but obviously there is a lot more to come and, and we're not going to sort of uh, leave everyone hanging with that. We're going to get part two out um, as soon as we can in the next couple of days as well. So um, with all that being said, um, let's move on to some happier thoughts for the week. Yeah, so um, you can go first. What's your happy thought? Um, my happy thought is the amazing uh, central heating that we have installed <laughs> in our new home that we've built because it's... It's starting to get a little bit cold up where we live and um, 
it's the first winter that I can remember where, um, you know, especially since having kids, where that cold hasn't been a factor. You know, we we lived in a rental before this, and the heating wasn't great, and then we lived in a, a sort of a an old style weatherboard with like an, a proper fireplace. It's you know, cold, it was, yeah. yeah, and that was our only source of heat. So um, it's always been an ongoing, a bit of an ongoing thing, and. Now it's just like ultimate comfort, double glazed windows, and uh, I'm very happy with that. So that's my happy thought for the week. <laughs> nice. And you fit in happy thought and weather chat. Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> um, so my happy thought is pretty much that I get to wear um, a dressing gown right now that I'm pretty <laughs> comfortable. So um, it's just nice sometimes. Sometimes not leaving the house can be tricky, I think, especially at the moment um, for people, they can understand what I mean by that. But sometimes it's okay. And tonight, um, you know, we're recording, it's a Friday night. It's been a busy full-on week and to not have to leave and get dressed to go somewhere and record and, you know, put on work clothes is pretty good. It is when you've got comfy uh, dressing gowns too, absolutely. Yeah, which we both (laughs) have. (laughs) We've discovered in the last couple of weeks. (laughs) Uh, very good. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at truebluecrime at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group, which is called True Blue Crime Podcast, and you can find us on Instagram by searching True Blue Crime. If you'd like to support the show, you can head over to our Patreon page. The link is in the show notes. For $5 per month, you can support the current free content that we make on the main feed and get our bonus monthly Blue Label episodes. We've got a uh, a murder lounge, uh, which we basically talk about true crime news from Australia um, in the past little while. I think we'll have that coming out for all of our um, Patreon supporters in the next uh, few days as well, Chloe. Yeah, and a few case updates as part of it, which I'm sure some people are going to be pretty happy about. Yes, that's always exciting. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you all again shortly. Bye. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.